What's up? This is The Great Silencing with Testimona. I am not even going to do an intro. We're going to get right into the news and then I'm going to lay some shit on you. So one second. We're getting straight into this. So here's a question for you. Are you mentally ill if you refuse to get the vaccine? Well, the biopharmaceutical complex working in lockstep with Western governments appears ready to prescribe medication, psychiatric medication to people that might refuse to get the vaccine. I know this sounds absolutely crazy. Let's start with Canada. During an interview at the Let Freedom Reign tour, a bunch of good interviews that came out of this tour, by the way, physician and cancer researcher, Dr. William Mackis, who's been sounding the alarm over mandatory vaccines, and he's particularly been sounding the alarm over what's been happening to doctors in his field after they've undergone mandatory jabs. Look him up. I'm not going to go into his details here. But he claimed that the College of Physicians... Sorry. He claimed that the College of Physicians and Surgeons um, of Ontario sent out a note to doctors implying that their unvaccinated patients may be suffering from a mental illness and should be prescribed psychiatric medicine. So listen to this. Watch I mean, there is a definite assault against the unvaccinated. And you've talked about how uh, even they recommend, you know, perhaps psychiatric medication or something for people that don't want to take a vaccine. So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. The college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them. Now, so far, they're not mandating it. They're just suggesting it that any of their unvaccinated patients, that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication. So far, it's just a suggestion, but the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario should not be making these kinds of suggestions. This is extremely unethical, and this is a very, very slippery slope. Uh, if, if they're suggesting that people who wish to have bodily autonomy and, and don't want an experimental vaccine, that there may be something mentally wrong with them. That is a very, very dangerous, slippery slope that we're on. It's unbelievable. Okay, so there's a lot on that news clip right there. That is Clayton and Natalie Morris off of Redacted News. Uh, shout out to James Webb for fucking sending me that. Um, so there's a lot on this. I will link everything in the show notes. They also went on in this episode to discuss the podcast, uh, not my podcast, but what I posted last night in the podcast on death panels and euthanasia. So they also, I mean, Canada is just fucking unhinged as shit, but I mean, as we all know, everything that's going on is global. So you can reduce your exposure to it for now. If you like, you know, dip out to the country, but uh, there is no fucking promised land or country you can escape to where this doesn't exist. Uh, let me see if I can fast forward in the clip actually and show you where a doctor in Switzerland actually was put into a psychiatric hospital for COVID wrong think. Let's see. Here's his interview. Hold on one second. Anyway, in, in Switzerland, Swiss cardiologist Dr. Thomas Binder describes his experience in a mental health facility when he was placed, he was placed there for speaking the truth about COVID-19. By the way, a mental health facility, that's uh, a polite way of saying psych ward, just so you know. So, okay, Swiss doctor for speaking out against COVID-19, 
was put in a psych ward with no psychiatric history. Here we go. As a condition of his release. Yes, they could not arrest me because I did, I did some, nothing wrong. They realized this after one hour. There was no threat of anybody. And I was also, I was not armed and I had no psychiatric history, of course. All these allegations of these uh, libeler were wrong. And uh, so they couldn't arrest me. So obviously they tried something else and they, 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 they didn't know how to, how to uh, deal with me. So they, they pulled me into closed psychiatry. But then they, they gave me the, the uh, opportunity to decide either you stay here in the, in the psychiatric hospital for six weeks to have treated this uh, mania, or you can leave and go home and continue to work. But you must take a medication and they, I was forced to take a neuroleptic and whether I took it or not was weekly controlled by a blood check. What? So this, I mean, these are really Soviet style, GDR style, uh, psychiatric methods. This is outrageous. So this okay. is Switzerland. For everybody listening right now, I want you to all know that Jesus. this is happening in Switzerland and you were forced to take a psychiatric medication. Okay, so you did just hear that correctly. There was a cardiologist who spoke out against what's going on with, you know, COVID, the jabs, blah, blah, blah. They forced him into a psychiatric hospital and they said, you either stay here for six weeks, which they would have pumped him full of God knows what, uh, and probably come up with reasons to keep him there longer. Or you take what he referred to as neuroleptics. If you guys don't know what neuroleptics are, neuroleptics are the category of psychiatric medication known as antipsychotics, okay, which are incredibly, and I'm going to get into this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real careful. I, I try to be real careful when I'm talking about shit like this and I'll explain why. But if you do not need an antipsychotic, they are incredibly dangerous drugs. They are very powerful drugs. And you could be a person who has never had psychotic symptoms. You have never had a psychosis. You have never fit the criteria for needing this medication. And if you look any of them up, the side effects for fucking taking these drugs are most commonly psychosis which means all of a sudden you could be somebody who like goes to see a shrink for depression or anxiety and they're like, eh, here's an antipsychotic. And uh, then all of a sudden it induces a psychosis. You start believing shit that isn't real. Maybe you hear things that aren't really being, you know, vocalized and maybe you see shit that isn't really there. All kinds of really fucked up shit can happen to you with this category of drugs. Uh, and I will get into why I know that. Uh, you can also literally look it up on the internet for yourself. So, and I would encourage you to fucking do so. You want to know some names of antipsychotics? Abilify, Zyprexa. Let's see what else. Um, I think there's one called Luvox. Uh, God, what the fuck? I'm trying to think of what they all are. Um, 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 um. I think lithium is an antipsychotic as well. Uh, 
God, there's so many of them, dude. Why am I like blanking on the names right now? But it's drugs like that. Dude, even just start with Abilify. That one is so commonly prescribed. Like people prescribe it as an antidepressant. It is not. That is an antipsychotic and that drug is fucking dangerous. So again, if you're somebody who legitimately, legitimately has psychotic symptoms and you're not already on meds that could be inducing them, like say that you're a paranoid schizophrenic or something, say that that's like a legit thing. And and you, you know, you might need these meds and maybe these meds will help you. I can't speak to that because I am not a paranoid schizophrenic and I don't hear voices. So I've never been in that position. Um, but I do know people that are schizophrenic Uh, and it's, I mean, it sucks because, well, whatever, I don't, I'm going to really try to stay on topic here with this. So that's what that drug, that category of drug that they had him on, those were antipsychotics and they were testing his blood every week to make sure he was taking antipsychotics for wrong think. That is unfucking believable. You guys. So let's, you know, just for shits, um, let's pick an antipsychotic right here. Let's see. Side effects of Abilify. Let's do that one. That's a super common antipsychotic. So also what these drugs can also cause, and this is also true for SSRIs, SNRIs, is uh, homicidal and suicidal thoughts and ideations and actions as well. And that's been well known for a long time. So let's see, um, common side effects, this, which is really nothing compared to the fucked up ones. What dizziness, lightheaded, drowsy, weak, light, uh, nausea, vomiting, tiredness, excessive drooling. That's a little weird. Choking or trouble swallowing, blurred vision, headache, anxiety. Uh, that's why a lot of people get prescribed it, but it'll cause that. Uh, weight gain, drowsiness, uh, insomnia, constipation, suicidal thoughts may occur, especially in children, teens, and young adults. Other serious uh, side effects of Abilify, and this is only one, include uh, tardive dyskinesia, which is involuntary repetitive movements, so that's alarming, neuroleptic malignant syndrome. Okay. I don't know what the fuck that is. We'll have to look that up. Shaking and tremors, muscle spasms, fainting, mental and mood changes such as increased anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. Uh, let's see restlessness, especially in the legs. That's known as akathasia, akathasia, however you want to pronounce it. It's, uh, unbelievably fucking awful. Uh, mask like expression on the face. What? I didn't know about that. What the fuck? That's creepy. So apparently your face is going to just paralyze itself. Um, seizures. There's another side effect. Signs of infection, such as fever, persistent sore throats, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, there's a whole gang of them on here, man. Whole gang of them. Uh, hives, difficulty breathing, swelling of your face, lips, tongue, and throat. That would just be like a sign of an allergic reaction. Um, also more side effects, severe agitation, distress, restlessness, twitching or uncontrollable movements of your eyes, lips, tongue, face, arm, legs, um, convulsions, severe nervous system reactions, 
uh, very stiff and rigid muscles, high fever, sweating, confusion, faster, uneven heartbeats, tremors, feeling like you might pass out, low blood cell counts, fever, chills, sore throat, weakness, easy bruising, unusual bleeding, purple or red spots under your skin, high blood sugar, increased thirst, increased urination, dry mouth, fruity breath odor, it's weird, uh, increased sexual urges, unusual urges to gamble, or other intense urges while taking this medicine. What the fuck? That's, see, that's weird to me too. It's like they're giving you a medication to quote-unquote make you normal. What the fuck about those side effects makes... Like that right there sounds like why you would take the drug. And now it's just saying, oh yeah, this is what the drug will do to you. Um... And I'm going to get into some shit where it's not going to sound like I'm just reading off of Google and pontificating because I actually have real world experience with this shit, unfortunately, uh, both witnessed and personally experienced. Um, and so I don't typically discuss that shit, but I am going to because once we start talking about uh, psych meds being forced on people, it was already one thing and had me enough up in arms about the vaccinations. But you want to talk about fucking psych meds that's when I'm going to jump in like right the fuck away and I'm going to explain to you why. So I just read off just, this is like also a for sure pharma improved website. This is like just on Google. I'm not using, uh, no, actually it's on Brave browser, but who gives a fuck? Like it's, it's right here. Like it's not, trust me, it gets fucking worse if you do your research Oh, look at that. Abilify side effects, compulsive behavior and withdrawal symptoms, serious side effects, dangerous to long-term physical and mental health, um, harmful metabolic changes. Yeah. Fuck you guys, dude. Um, yeah, this is just so, so I'm going to, let me, let me get into some shit. So we just heard that, um, it is on the table to be giving forced medications for wrong think and for people who are vaccine hesitant and it, we also just heard of a real world experience of them doing it to a doctor. And I am in no way going to tell y'all who this person is that so you can either believe me or you cannot. but I actually have witnessed a doctor. This happened to this individual. Um, God, this is probably like 20 years ago, but I watched it happen to this person where this individual, let's say they, this individual displayed some behavior that the board of medicine didn't appreciate. I watched them force all this shit on this person. And they, of course, denied everything and were like, fuck you guys. And what happened? They lost their medical license over it um, beca because of literally nothing that had to do with, with anything in relation to their position as a physician. Um, it was just, you know, they were like, oh, you know, we heard that you do this and that when you're not working and we don't like that and we don't like the way it looks and you're going to now jump through all these hoops and do this, do that and, um, subject yourself to all this crazy shit. And if you don't guess what, you're not a doctor anymore. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I'm not going to finish that story or how it ended. Uh, it does have somewhat of a happy ending, but it fucking took long enough. It took a very long time. And that person went through shit that I honestly can't even fucking imagine. Um, actually that's not true. I can, I'm about to tell you why, but, uh, I've seen it happen before. So like forced medications, look, I'm gonna just tell you this. 
I've had medications forced on me, like physically as a minor, as a child. Um, so I know that forced medications are real a hundred percent, but, um, the reason why, and so let me disclaimer this before I get into the real shit, everything I mention in this fucking podcast, I will link references where you can fact check everything, everything I'm about to fucking disclose. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so, I mean, even Joe Rogan even did an episode on the facility that I was in when I was a kid, you know, the place for bad kids, the ones that don't behave. Um, I got put in one of those facilities that is now shut down, uh, because of the amount of child abuse lawsuits that it was losing while I was in there actually. So it had to close its doors, but it had been open since the 1950s. Um, I think, or somewhere around there, but, um, Joe Rogan, actually, this was before he signed his Spotify deal, but you can still find the YouTube episode. Last I checked, it was still up on YouTube. He interviewed someone. He went to the exact same place that I went to. And I can't remember his name, but it was like so-and-so survives child abuse cult. And I remember seeing that on YouTube and knowing what I had been through at that place. And, you know, I was really young when I got put there against my will. And so I didn't really talk about a lot of what went down there because it's like, try talking to people about it, dude. No one's going to fucking believe you. And they fucking MK ultra brainwash your ass so much that it's like, even a lot of the people I went there with, you couldn't even talk to about it because they were just under the impression that everything that happened to us was okay. And now you're starting to see a lot of them, you know, this is many years later, wake up. Um, have really bad like flashbacks, start remembering shit. Um, some of them are dead. Some have overdosed. Some have committed suicide. Some of them just will not talk about it. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a crazy situation, but, um, all right. So let's finish up with that news clip. You heard forced medications for being vaccine hesitant. You heard a doctor getting forced medicated on an antipsychotic, because he spoke out against, you know, the COVID fuckery. And I'm going to link that. So if you guys want to watch the whole thing, you can. A lot of what was talked about also was um, Canada's new euthanasia law expansion, which they're expanding even further on it, March 2023. But they are, you know, I just talked about this on yesterday's podcast. So if you want to hear more about it, go there or watch the video or go into my telegram. There's information everywhere. It's called MAID, like M-A-I-D, Medical Assistance in Dying. And it basically, like, you can even be under 18. You You do not need family permission. You don't need fuck all. You can just say, I have a condition that I don't like. It doesn't even have to be fatal. And you could be like, well, I don't like my options, so I just want to die. Like, they just euthanized somebody because he had fucking hearing loss. That what? And they're also saying, and I have an audio clip of Justin Trudeau saying this on yesterday's podcast, episode 11, where he was trying to frame it, of course, of like, you know, these people, you know, this is a good way to combat poverty. And, you know, these are, this is a way for people to die with dignity. And it was literally on that uh, clip that I used, which I believe is in my telegram. I can try to pull it up right now. Um, That was a guy who was signing up to get euthanized because he couldn't afford to pay his rent. That was, that was it. That was it. 
So we're like, oh, yay, uh, we're just going to start, you know, euthanizing people. I mean, half the time I think it's fucked up when people put their dogs down. It's like, oh, it's pissing on the floor because it's old. Kill it. It's like, I think that shit's fucked up. It's like, dude, you got a dog. Like, deal with it, motherfucker. That thing's been loyal to you for like 15 fucking years. The fuck is wrong with you? But now we're doing this shit with people. It's like, damn. So, so that's enough of what I'm going to cover the rest of the stuff. If you want to hear more about the euthanasia programs or the, you know, fuckery in Canada or even more on this topic, go to the show notes, go to yesterday's podcast, go to my telegram, the great silencing uncensored. You will find it all there. Also use the internet, um, moving forward. So here is how the fuck I know that this shit is real. And I realize I'm putting myself out there in a way that I'm not super fond of by sharing this information. But at the same time, it's like, what the fuck did I go through this for if it can't possibly be used to help other people because other people have been through this shit? And then the people that haven't, they need to know that these types of schools for kids, for kids still exist. And it's a rabbit hole. So like, I'll give you guys links if you want to research the one that I went to, but there's a lot. Like I have friends that have been to places like this. We didn't all go to the same one. Like they're all over the fucking country. For all I know, they could be all over the world. I don't know. But the one that I went to was called C-E-D-U. It's C-E-D-U. And that has direct, that was in San Bernardino, California. And I was put there against my will, like forcibly taken, thrown in the back of a locked car, shoved into that institution Um, and it was supposed to be a behavioral modification program, but it was tied directly to the Synanon cult, which is a, not only a child abuse cult, but also, um, in California, especially primarily in the seventies, um, it was used on, uh, drug addicts or just unsavory people in society, you know, that label or whatever. And a bunch of really fucked up shit happened to people in there. Um, the leader of the Synanon cult is a man named Charles E. Diedrich. And the place I went to was called C-E-D-U. C-E-D-U. What does that stand for? Charles E. Diedrich University. So they make it sound real pretty. But that shit wasn't no university. It was middle school and high school aged children only. Like as soon as you turn 18, you can dip. But... I remember there being one girl in there who was 18 and she stayed because they had fucking MK ultra her ass so fucking good that she like thought that she had to be there. It was so fucked. Um, and so I wind up in that motherfucker, um, you know, for not because I'm some fucking crazy person. It was, I mean, I had problems in my childhood. I don't need to get into it, but you know, I wasn't living at home. I was 14. I was you know, basically living on the fucking streets or random people's floors. I was, um, not going to school. I had dropped out of school. Um, I was drinking and using drugs. Um, there, I, you know, I, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, whatever. So, I mean, I was, I was a troubled kid. Let's say that. And I was, yeah, I was like 14 when I left home, 14 years old. But I had been having, you know, a lot of shit go down in my life way before the age of 14. 14 is just when I was like, fuck this. And, you know, and, you know, tried to forge my own way. But then, you know, there was a little bit of a bump in the road because I got sent to this place. And I got put there and I was supposed to be there for a couple years. But luckily, um, 
it lost all those fucking child abuse lawsuits and it had to close its doors. So I was there. I was the last fucking cohort in that fucking place. Um, and I was there when it shut down and that was absolutely glorious. But what I will say about that place is if you, so the people that work there, they don't have to, and I didn't know any of this when I was in there. I found it out when I got out, but like all of those people, the, the so-called staff members or whatever, they had absolutely no medical credentials, no credentials working with children or youth, no drug and alcohol certificates, no counseling certificates, nothing like the training to work at a facility full of kids that had just gotten like yeeted out of their fucking respective homes or towns by like either random people called escorts or like maybe somebody in their family and like forcibly like, you know, against their will taken and like, like dumped off at this site at the top of Big Bear Mountain. Um, none of the staff there was qualified to work with that population at all. Like these were all kids that had fucking problems and the training I think was like three to five hours. And then you just got a job. Like, so you could have been like a Walmart grocery bagger and then gone and gotten a job here and been put in a position where you're like, running these just the shit that they I'm not even going to get into what they would do to us in there because they did a lot of things and that's kind of a different episode but I'm just going to stick to the medication part so they dispensed psychiatric medications that that we were forced to take like you like bad shit would happen to you if you didn't take it like first off there's physical force that they use and if you continued to be a problem they would send you uh, in the middle of the woods by yourself for like two weeks, some maybe, maybe more. Um, and you just have to like try to survive or whatever. But like everybody always heard really bad stories about things that happened to you when you were out there, you were out there by yourself in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, and I, you know, saw people go and like, I, I don't know. It was, it was fucking crazy. Like whatever. I was always in trouble at this place. Cause I never fucking listened to anybody. And I basically just had a fuck you attitude the whole time. So I was always in trouble, but, um, I never got sent away to that place in the woods. Thank God. Um, so I kind of like stopped at that. Cause I was like, man, fuck that shit. Like if it's worse than where we're at now, like, no, um, Cause yeah, I have no idea where they were taking those kids. It wasn't the woods we were in. I have no idea where it was. It was like a totally different fucking program. And they just were like, bye, like go by. It was nuts. Um, but yeah, they, so the people that would give the kids meds, they'd give it to you. If you had any kind of behavior that wasn't what they would refer to as in agreement, that was always what they would say is get an agreement. Are you in agreement? And they'd make you like write these fucking snitch lists and shit. Like called them dirt lists. I'm like, fuck you motherfucker. But it's like in agreement to what bitch? I didn't agree to be here. I didn't agree to none of this shit. But that's what they would, they, they, they had their lingo and, you know, they repetitive, repeat, repeat. I mean, literally you're getting harassed by these fucking people like day in and day out for like a fucking, I mean, I was there the better part of a year. So that's a year of just getting hammered with like insanity all day, every fucking day, just always being scared. But yeah, I was put on medication. I dude, I was not on medication before I went there. I did not have any fucking you could have probably diagnosed me with PTSD for sure. But like 
just because of the traumatic shit that I had been through or whatever prior to that. But did I have any other like actual diagnosis? No. (laughs) And the people that were handing out meds, they were not doctors. They were not nurses. They were not fucking CNAs. They weren't pharmacists. They weren't fucking anybody. Dude, there's just some random motherfucker that like, like responded to like a job posting of, do you want to work with kids? I have no idea how they worded it, but it's just random people that, that were giving us these fucking drugs. And I got put on them immediately. Cause I was not, you know, cooperative with anything. Um, and it was forced And I was just like, what the fuck? Um, And I didn't know what the drug was. It was an SSRI, which like, um, which at the time, I think when I got there, I think it was right after I turned 15. So I had just turned 15. That is way too young to be on a drug like that. And I don't know if this is still a law, but I know that when I got out of that place, I found out that drugs like SSRIs were blacklisted, meaning not to be prescribed um, for anybody under the age of 18 because they cause suicidal ideation thoughts and behaviors. And what happened to me when I was in that fucking facility and being given all these drugs because I was not compliant, uh, I was suicidal as shit. Very, like, like on a level that I won't even... Um, I'm not going to get into on this podcast because it could be disturbing to some people, but like it was really, really bad. And there was a, I I mean, I even attempted suicide when I was there. So, um, it was, it was not good like at all. Nothing about that was good, but the, the forced medication piece is what really fucking freaks me out because I know that they do that shit. And it's just like, But when you're dealing with either regular person or maybe a person who's a troublemaker, I mean, it's like, dude, what a 15 year old rebellious kid who's been through a lot of shit and is kind of tired of the bullshit. So like they leave home. That's not that unique of a fucking story. That doesn't mean that you're like a psychopath. It just means that like you, you know, you're kind of having a rough go at the whole like, you know, life thing and you're doing the best you can, but you're a teenager. So whatever. Um, That doesn't mean that you need to be drugged and then like be having all this shit happen to you that are directly linked to the fucking drugs that you're on and they just keep giving you more like and you just have to take it or it's like, you know, fucking off to the woods you go, bitch, like try to survive or whatever. Um, Or other things would happen to you. Um, Yeah. So it was fucked up. Um it was fucked up because that happened. It was happening to like every, every fucking kid in there, dude, the med lines in the fucking morning were so long. They always check you and make sure you weren't like cheeking them. So that we could, you know, cause people didn't, a lot of people didn't want to be taking that shit. I didn't want to take that shit. Um, so it, but it was like, I think almost every fucking kid in that facility was medicated. And that's like, that's really fucking scary. Because we don't know what kind of damage these drugs do to a young developing brain. Like we have no idea. But I can tell you from somebody who has been given psychiatric medication and then also come off of it, 
that there is a significant period of time before you start to feel like your normal self again. So like doctors will tell you, oh, it's been X amount of days. The half-life's gone. It's out of your system. No, dude, your whole fucking system has been fucked up. And now it has to etch a sketch itself and teach itself how to produce fucking, you know, basic chemicals and hormones all over again. Like you're going to be not feeling great for a hot fucking minute. It it can really fuck with even more than just your mental health. It can cause like thyroid issues, metabolic issues, like all kinds of shit that I've personally experienced. And it takes a while, um, to get back to normal. So like if you're ever in that situation and you know, in your heart of hearts, like, yo, I never dealt with any of these problems. I went to see a doctor for something way more minor. Now I'm on these drugs and the problems have exacerbated into a realm I have never experienced. What the fuck? The doctor's going to gaslight you and tell you that it's not the meds. The doctor's going to tell you that it's you. Um, you know that shit ain't true. So then you're going to hopefully find a doctor that can help taper you off because coming off of these drugs, the, the repercussions for the withdrawals are horrific. And this is coming from somebody who, again, I repeat for the judgmental idiots, um, in uh, two days, I'm celebrating 13 years of sobriety. But before that, I was addicted to heroin. Um, So I'm very well aware of what horrific withdrawals from a drug look like because like I've kicked heroin, I've kicked methadone, I've kicked literally fucking everything. Um, So I'm very familiar with what detox is like. It's bad. But with these psych meds, dude, holy shit. Like there's some of them that I would compare as equally as torturous as a heroin withdrawal. And that's saying a lot. So, and these are things that are prescribed to children and are legal and doctors stand by it. So that's one piece. Second piece is if you get off of it and you still feel weird, the first thing that they're going to do to you is they're going to try to prescribe you other drugs because they're going to say, oh, well, it should be out of your system by now. And so this must just be you. This is just your mental illness. It's like, really, bitch? Because I never had any of these symptoms until I started taking your fucking pharmaceutical drugs. Never in my life have I felt any of these things until I started with these fucking pills. And now you want to tell me, oh, this is just me and I'm just crazy and I just need to have more drugs. That's exactly what they will do. They're trained to do that. They are not trained to get you off of drugs. They're not trained to help you heal from the damage these drugs cause. They're not even fucking trained to even know what it is. They literally get their intel from the fucking pharmaceutical reps. What's their job? To sell the drug. That's it. It's not to fucking help you. So sorry, but it's true. Um, so they'll tell you that. Just, so if you do ever find yourself in that situation, just understand that it can take the body a hot fucking minute to reset. And I'll use another experience. And then I'm going to move into solutions. Okay. So here's the deal. This is why I try to be careful with when I talk about mental illness, mental health, and psych meds. Because I could sit here and tell you, psych meds fucking almost killed me. And that is true. 
But I can also sit here and tell you something else that's true, which is I have also seen medication be the thing that makes the person not kill themselves or not die because they were suffering so extraordinarily beforehand. So that is one of the main reasons why I'm careful because I am very well aware that these are all unique situations. They're not looked at it like that. That's what's so frustrating about Western medicine is it's symptom-based allopathic fuckery, treating everybody like they're just little things on a conveyor belt. Just here, stuff these fucking pills in your mouth and shut the fuck up. Um, and if it don't work, we're just going to keep giving you new shit until we find something that makes you complain less. That's basically the, uh, (laughs) psychiatric fucking methodology of, of treatment in the United States. Uh, so, but That's why I'm careful because, you know, there are a group of people who suffer greatly from mental health symptoms, like let's say depression and anxiety or insomnia or whatever, maybe obsessive, intrusive thoughts, obsessive, impulsive behaviors. Um, With some people that can be fixed through lifestyle adjustments and mindset adjustments and even environmental changes. Like, are you in an abusive environment? Are you in a poisoned or toxic environment? Do you consume poison? There are many ways to do so. Sometimes you don't even know you are when you are. Um, Who's around you? You know, we also live in a simulation, AKA society, that is extremely unnatural to the human spirit. So no shit people are depressed and anxious. Like this is, we don't even live in accordance to the cycles of fucking nature. Our calendars are fucked up. The time's fucked up. Like everything, like it, it's just, it's okay. Rabbit hole. But like the way that everything is structured is basically for the, the, you know, just to milk out maximum productivity of the hive worker, basically. And then the rest of the time to make you not flip out because of how unnatural it is. And eventually the human spirit is going to remember who it is and be like, this is not why I'm here. I'm made for so much more than this. And everything around me is fake as fuck. What the fuck? And you're going to break down, which is where the hedonistic shit comes in, which is where the barrage of distractions and encouragement of pleasure seeking behaviors and addictions and drugs and, um, you know, entertainment is what we like to call it, but just really just all different variations of hypnosis devices, hypnosis practices, um, just MK ultra shit all over the fucking place, whether it's literally like you're literally being drugged or you might even be drugging yourself or something else. Like Hollywood's a great example, uh, on, on many fucking levels, uh, social media, another good example, the, the phone, our phones, another great example, a great example. If you really want to watch an adult freak out, fucking make it so they lose their phone. Like take somebody's phone and like hide it somewhere for a while and just like watch them just melt the fuck down when they can't find it. Um, okay. But let's get back to the topic. So, so, so there are some people like that where it's like, okay, lifestyle changes and what you're consuming and how you're living could likely alleviate the majority, if not all of those symptoms. And I have also experienced that. However, uh, there are also people who do not fall into that category. I don't know what the answer is of like why that happens, but I've also been in that camp as well 
where I was struggling horrifically with symptoms of PTSD. And I was, I mean, I shouldn't, it became most horrific when medication got introduced. So this is just my story. This is not everyone else's. Like other people have other shit going on that like I don't. So like, again, I'm, I do not have schizophrenia. I am not bipolar. Like I don't deal with those things. So like, I don't speak to that because I know people who do. And it's very, I would never, I would never fucking stick my nose in their business and say, you should get off your meds. I would never fucking say that. I, I also wouldn't tell them that they should be taking everything under the sun, but it's like, dude, I don't, I don't know what causes that. I don't, but I know for me, I was dealing with significant um, issues surrounding some trauma I had been through and I was doing all the supposed right things, right? Like I was exercising every day. I was doing jujitsu. I was boxing. I was powerlifting. I was in school. I was being of service to people in my community. I was helping people get off the streets and get sober and believe it or not, being of service and getting out of yourself and doing shit for others and for free, um, is tremendous for aiding your mental health. Like it's that, that's a big fucking deal. Um, so I think that, you know, service work is, I mean, that, that can really clear up if you feel like you're in a mental funk that can, that can help more than you would ever imagine. So that's why I mentioned that. Um, I was connected with my recovery community, with my, you know, MMA community, like da, da, da. Um, you know, I was doing all of the things I was praying, I was meditating and, you know, gradually my symptoms, you know, and I was also in therapy as well. And I was doing, uh, EMDR and, uh, EMDR was fine. That's like a pretty common treatment for PTSD. Um, but there was one day that came along where the therapist I was working with had just been to a conference over the weekend where he had learned to hypnotize people and decided to test it out on me. And that didn't go well. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because he was not able to bring me out of what they call trance. Like when you hypnotize someone, you like you go pretty deep into like you're not supposed to even do that with trauma patients, first off, which I didn't even fucking know until years later. Um, but he was not able to bring me out when he hypnotized me. And then the session ended and it was like, OK, bye. And I, I couldn't even drive my car. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, not what, like it took me an hour of having to just walk around downtown to, until I felt like I was back in my body. And I was like, man, what the fuck was that shit? So I'm like, I don't want to fucking do hypnosis ever again. That was fucking terrifying. And then, um, two days later I had an experience that was told to me was a panic attack, but I had never had it before. And that's what got me back on into the realm of psychiatric, whatever the fuck shit as an adult. So not at the fucking weird child abuse cult, which was called CEDU in, at the top of Big Bear Mountain in San Bernardino, Charles E. Diedrich, Synanon cult. Joe Rogan has an episode on the shit. Just I'll link all of it. You can fucking have at it. There's a lot of schools like that. Um, God, my friend went to another one that was in Colorado. What the fuck was it called? There's a YouTube documentary on it. Oh, it's called The Group. Dude, it's fucking eerie. And it's not far off from what mine was like either. Except mine, you couldn't leave. That one, it seems like you could, it seemed like 
maybe you could leave, but the whole point is that they fucking brainwash you so hard that you don't. Um, but anyways, so what happened two days later is I was driving home from like a dinner and I was in the next city over. So I had a long drive. It was nighttime and I was driving on the highway. I had about four and a half years of sobriety at this time. And, uh, all of a sudden I felt myself starting to fall back into trance. Like, just like I had in that therapy session where the dude hypnotized me and I was like, Whoa, what the fuck? And it was the lines on the road. Like it just like did something to my eyes. And then all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see straight. My vision was spinning. Um, my my uh, legs and arms and hands and I think maybe even my face went numb like I couldn't move and I couldn't feel anything and everything was really cold and then my throat started feeling like it was closing up and like I couldn't breathe all of a sudden I'm on the side of the fucking highway and I had no idea what was going on because I had never experienced that before and it, it just took off out of nowhere and I'm like okay there's like no way like that this is Like I genuinely thought that I was either having a seizure or a stroke or a heart attack. Or I was like, you know, did somebody put something in my drink at the fucking restaurant I was just at? But I was like at a family dinner. Like somebody would have noticed if someone drugged me. (laughs) Like also like what, like I was never near a bar. Like I was drinking water and like a little bit of coffee. Like what, you know what I mean? I was sitting at the damn table. Um, so it's not like I was out at a club where someone could have roofied me, but still that is how confused I was to where I'm like, this is either me dying or somebody drugged me, but like, I'm dying. Like I literally thought I was fucking dying. I couldn't see, couldn't feel my body. I was starting to lose the ability to breathe. So obviously fucking EMS shows up. I'm on the side of the fucking road. And they're asking me all these questions, uh, you know, are you on drugs, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm fucking in recovery. I'm sober. Like what the, you know, and I was able to talk to them, but I'm like, man, they better figure out what the fuck this shit is. Like, and I, I thought for sure, like I had been drugged or I was having a heart attack or something like I thought it was something major. And they wound up taking me to the fucking ER. And I was like, I was so fucking out of it. And just, we just left my car on the side of the fucking highway And they took me to an ER that was like, uh, I don't know, maybe an hour away or something. No, I don't think it was that far. Anyway, who cares? I end up being there for hours just sitting there waiting because they ran all these tests on me and shit. Cause like they got a, I I don't know. I don't even remember like what they did. Um, and then the guy comes in the doctor and he goes, yeah, so you had a really, really bad panic attack. And I was like, what? the fuck did you just say to me? Cause I was no stranger to anxiety, like, especially on an extreme level. Like I was no stranger to that. I trust me. I dealt with that shit like most of my life, but I was like, how the fuck is that a panic attack? Like that is like, I couldn't feel my body and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't access my vision Like I couldn't see with my eyes. You're telling me a pan, what what was I even panicking about? Cause I wasn't like, I wasn't freaking out when it happened. It just happened out of fucking nowhere. So I was like, what the fuck? But 
at that point in my life, was I dealing with significant stressors and things that were very triggering? And was I really struggling with anxiety in general? Um, Yes, I was. So that was around the time and I had talked to some people about it and they were like, oh yeah, that is a panic attack. And like, you know, I really think that you really do need to like give medication a try because like all this shit that you deal with, like it's not normal, but like you just think it's normal because, you know, that's how you, your brain has operated for so long. Like, but you shouldn't, you know, have to be suffering all the fucking time. And so I was just like, okay, like, cause I was, I, I was so anti pharma, anti psych med because of my experience, um, as a kid in that fucking facility where they forced the shit on us and all that stuff. So I was so against it. But at that point I'm like, dude, if, if it's this bad and I'm like, and and then that's going to affect me while driving, which it continued to happen. Fun fucking fact. Um, I was like, all right, I'll try, I'll try it out or whatever. Um, and that wound up, opening the can of worms on a nightmare that I'm not going to get fully into, but lasted for years and I'm still dealing with repercussions from it. Um, not because I'm on a bunch of fucking drugs, but just because like I mentioned earlier, a lot of these drugs can have side effects. Like one of the, the worst one, nah, this was not the worst one, but one for me that was particularly bothersome, which Honestly, some people would be like, I wish I had that problem. No, you don't. No, you don't. One of the drugs that they gave me made me so sick that I lost 15 pounds in 13 days. That's not normal. Um, It was, and of course I immediately stopped taking it. I I tell the doctors, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? They're like, yeah, okay, we'll stop it. But um, just so you know, it has an eight week half-life. And I'm like, what? So I literally couldn't eat solid food for like months. It fucked my stomach and body up so bad. This was in 2017, okay? So I was like in really good shape. Like like I said, I had been doing like jujitsu and powerlifting and all that bullshit. Um, like my body like had a lot of muscle on it. Like I looked great. Like I was 135 fucking pounds, you know, like nice, shapely, whatever. All that just dropped in like 13 days. And then I even continued to lose a little bit more weight even after I got off of that shit. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And then for years, I just tried so hard to gain the weight back with exercise, with uh, food, with, I mean, obviously healthy, right? Like I don't eat trash, but like there's still ways to gain weight. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't. And it like fucked up my appetite to where I had no appetite and I would forget to eat because I just didn't have the hunger instinct. And then a lot of the times when I would try to eat, um, I would feel really sick and I would get stomach pains. So like I had to see doctors all the fucking time over this issue. Uh, it also fucked with my thyroid, like my thyroid levels got all fucked up and I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? And so, so yeah, I, I've dealt with, when I talk about psychiatric medication and it being prescribed irresponsibly or it having bad side effects or certain categories of drugs being given to people that do not need them, I'm talking from experience because the reality of the situation for me at least is like, 
Yes, I have post-traumatic stress disorder, according to anybody who would hear my story, plus everybody who's ever, you know, in the field. Uh, If you go by what's in the DSM-5 and look at the criteria for PTSD, it's multiple pages long. I answer yes to every single one of them. Um, So it's it's really not like like surprising. You know what I mean? It's like the the typical shit. Um, but the thing is with PTSD, that's not a fucking, that you can't treat that with medication. It doesn't go away with medication. So if you're throwing meds at somebody who I guess maybe has like a chemical imbalance or I don't know what the fuck, I, I don't know what's causing all this shit. I could take a few guesses, but I don't have it for a fact. Um, if you're giving them all this shit that, that, that isn't even their problem, it's just going to throw their brain and their whole system so far out of whack. People don't, I literally got to the point where I was like, I think I would have been better off just relapsing and doing heroin. Like, sure. I could have died, but if I would have lived, I mean, at least that's more predictable. It does the same shit every time. Um, and getting off of it is hell. And then you're off of it and you're like kind of batshit crazy for like a year. And (laughs) you know what I mean? So, but I'm like, but this shit, I mean, they had me on so many different fucking things. Like I have no idea. So that happened in 2017, bro. It is now 2023 and I am just now gaining my weight back. I just got weighed the other day and I've gained nine pounds which I was like over the moon happy about. Cause I've been, I've been trying, I've been trying, I have been trying. Um, so <laughs> I mean for it to take six years to put on nine pounds, dude, that's, that's fucking concerning. And that's just one thing I am not going to get into the other things because they are horror stories. And I would rather not relive that right now. If there's someone out there who feels who's in this situation, and who feels like they need to hear that part of my story to, to maybe see if it validates what they're going through, let me know. I will put my contact info in the description box of the show notes. And if that's the, if you're one of those people and it would help you to hear about what really went down, I will talk to you and I will tell you. Um, but otherwise, I'm not going to do it because unfortunately, our society is composed of a bunch of really dumb, judgmental, stupid fucking people And like, I've already said plenty that could easily be used against me. Um, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get further into, you know, the nightmare that was, you know, the Western, uh, medical industry. I'm not going to get into that any further right now, uh, mostly just to protect myself. Uh, not, not about anybody else. Uh, but it got bad. And if it was not from me and my own fucking resolve, I would still be in that hell. Um, but I had to make the choice to, to tell every doctor to fuck off and like, I'm not doing this shit. I'm not taking this shit. And like, I don't give a fuck what the answer is. Like, it's not this. So I'm not doing this shit. Like, fuck you. And it's, it's been a, it's been quite the journey. Um, And it's not been easy and it's largely been something that I have gone through by myself um, and not been super vocal about because people, when you go through certain things in this country, and and now we're going to get into the solution piece about this, when you go through certain things in this, uh, and in this culture, if it's really disturbing to other people and they don't have an immediate fix or they don't have something or someone 
to immediately blame it on, if they don't have the immediate answer, they just run away because your suffering makes them uncomfortable. And they're like, oh my God, what if that one day happens to me? Like, and I don't know how to fix it. So they just run away. Like people will dead, like you could be doing everything possible to work on yourself and still be struggling. And people will just be like, they'll act like it's contagious. They do the same shit when you get raped, by the way. Um, They treat you like a leper and they will talk a grit. That's why like all these guys that are like, you know, a lot of them are podcasters, but all these fucking guys that are like, save the kids, stop sex trafficking. I'm like, um, I seem to remember people just like you not doing a fucking thing when I was having stuff like that happen to me when I was a kid and a young adult. So like easy for you to say when it's just like, you know, you're not involved and don't know the person, but like when they do know you and they see you going through stuff, that's like really hard or doesn't have an immediate quick fix. They will either blame you or they'll just distance themselves from you entirely or they'll gaslight you or like whatever they, they, they just they, they make it worse and I'm just like really that's pretty bitch made like you don't even have to go through it like and you're that fucking fragile to where just being aware that everything isn't all sunshine and rainbows is enough to make you just like dissociate and go like bury your head in your phone or something like you're a bitch if that's you you're a bitch um so you know there is a middle ground um and if that is you you're fucking useless I don't have any compassion for you at all I don't give a fuck so okay cool yay la 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 let's go into solutions now so ultimately we have a two-sided issue here We have these genocidal lunatics that, of course, are weaponizing the medical industry and their pharmaceutical products and even street drugs. If in case you weren't aware, like the whole fentanyl crisis is a fucking extermination Um, and it's being done intentionally. But okay, Uh, so we have that going on and now we're facing it. I mean, I guarantee you when the branch COVIDians catch wind of this shit, they're going to fucking applaud it. The same way they applauded us dying for not taking the vax, the same way they applauded and called for us to be put into camps or like separate societies, like the same way that they called us diseased plague rats. Like just, I mean, those people are going to be all for this shit. So, you know, be prepared for that. Uh, Don't sink to their fucking level. Don't don't because then you're just you're giving the agenda more gas so like I know it's hard those people are going to get theirs but first we got to build our own resilience uh, because there can be no resistance if there is no resilience so we need to talk about how to build that right now also shout out to bear independent y'all should chat uh, tap in with him because that comes from him. There can be no resistance without resilience. And he is all about building resilience. So I would tap in with Bear Independent on uh, YouTube, on Patreon, Grindstone Ministries, all that stuff. He does really incredible work. And no, I do not work for him or know him personally. I'm just plugging him because I find what he does to be very valuable. So, okay. Solutions. So first off, we got two things. We got these lunatics that now we're like, okay, well, now we got to kind of change how we operate because now we might be dealing with people um, force medicating us or putting us in the fucking loony bin for wrong think. So that's 
And it's weird. I just had this thought come to me randomly today. And it was before my friend sent me this, this, uh, clip. Um, but basically we kind of have to be at the, at the same level that we are with the cops in the sense of like, if you're interacting with police, it should be common sense that you do not talk to them. Or if you do, you better fucking know all their tricks and you better know all your rights and you better say next to nothing. Ideally, you don't speak with them without a lawyer present uh, because they will fucking okie doke trick fuck you like there is no tomorrow and you can literally wind up doing a bid for some shit that you didn't even do because you thought you could just work it out with them yourself. No, they're not your friend. So unfortunately, same thing now with doctors, with shrinks, with even probably therapists, even if they're good ones, because I know for a fact there are good ones. I personally know some people who are in this line of work like very well. I know that they're not like this. However, anything you say to them, they're required to write down in your patient notes, right? So it's just the same thing with if you're, if you've ever been in legal trouble with the police or whatever, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Okay. Well now court of law is kind of just apparently everywhere. Um, social credit scores are already fucking here. Um, so don't think these won't be tied in together, but I, I, I am promising you there is nothing more fucking terrifying or few things more. I have been to jail and I have been, you know, hemmed up with fucking crooked ass hospitals and, you know, wicked pharmaceutical doling out motherfuckers. I'd rather be in jail. Honestly, it may, it, it's, it's easier in a lot of ways. It's, I mean, what these people do to you when they put you and but then again, in jails and prisons, they can fucking force medicate you too. Um, so you got to watch that shit. Ideally, you want to stay out of both. Um, but that same principle of anything you say can and will be used against you, understand that that's the case when it's a therapist, when it's a psychiatrist, when it's a doctor, when it's even a bitch at the, at the fucking ER, if you broke your leg or some shit and they're like, have you had your vaccine? Probably not a good time to be like, Hey, did you know that it's killing everyone? And it's some fucking Jim Jones juice. And like, Hey, do you want me to look up your lot number and find out how bad your batch is? Like, no bitch. Don't say that. Like, (laughs) don't say that. Just dude, fucking lie. I don't give a fuck. Like if you, if you get like a weird ass feeling or whatever, like lie at this point, I might start because, or just stay the fuck out of them. But there might be some situations where you dead ass, like have to be in a, what if you get in a car accident motherfucker and you like break bones and shit, like your fucking at home apothecary is not going to fucking help. Like you're going to need to go to the hospital. Um, unless you, you or someone you live with knows how to fucking like, you know, set broken bones and like, you know, treat something that severe, which some people do, but, um, I don't yet. So I'm planning on getting that fucking knowledge, but I'm not there yet. And most of us are not. So just understand even dude, even paramedics, like just watch it watch what you fucking say. Cause it's all going to go on your patient file. We already now have the health, the global health digital ID rolling out, which means that like, let's say that you're from Alaska, but you move to Florida 
And so like you go see a doctor in Florida, they're not going to have any of your fucking medical information from your doctor in Alaska. You're going to have to get that office to sign. You're going to have to sign an ROI, have them fax all your shit. Then your new doctor gets it. You sign more shit saying they can read it, blah, 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 blah. Well, with this fucking new global digital ID, I mean, eventually, and some people already have this in them. Don't believe me. Fact check me. Look it up. But literally it's a microchipped situation. They can just scan you same way that they fucking scan stray dogs and shit. Like, is this thing fucking microchipped? Like people microchip their dogs. Like now we are, we are dogs basic. We're not, but like we're being treated that way. So, um, so they're going to be able to just do that. And then they'll, they'll just fucking see everything. Um, also, I don't know if you're aware, but doctors are people and sometimes they get shit fucked up. And there's sometimes when you have to correct like information in your file of like, yo, like, like I've literally had that happen where I've looked at my file, like, and been like, Hey, this isn't mine. That's happened to me twice where I'm like, this is another patient. Like, this is not me. And they, one of the bitches tried to argue with me. She's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, dude, read it. Like, none of this is me at all. Like, I've like none of it. And then they're like, oh, sorry. Like, and I'm like, you just gave me someone else's file. Like, that's like a massive HIPAA violation, but okay. So they fuck shit up. So that's another thing too. But um, yeah, you don't want like, you don't want to be in a position where you don't have control over like what these people are seeing, because maybe one day you let it slip your opinions on a certain pharmaceutical company, product, um, vaccine, whatever. And then all of a sudden you're flagged in the system as somebody that has, uh, a paranoid psychiatric complex because you won't trust Pfizer, which is like, responsible and pled guilty toward the largest criminal lawsuit in American history. (laughs) How dare you not trust them? Um, so, you know, you could, if you're the second they label you like that, bro, especially these fucking people with these, you know, degrees and they're given this regard in society. I don't give a fuck who you are. The second somebody can label you paranoid anything you say is, is going to not be believed by the majority of people. The second somebody says mental illness or, or blah, 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 whatever, or, you know, like you are in fucking trouble. You are again, that's why I said, I don't want it. Like I'm already putting my ass on the line, like by sharing what I just shared in this podcast, I did it to fucking shine some light on the gravity of the situation. Um, also, for the people that I was in there with and shit, or if you've ever been in one of those places when you were a kid, like that shit was not your fault, no matter what they fucking did to you. And no matter what they told you when you were in there, um, that shit is mind control tactics that trace back to the central intelligence agency. Uh, and they go back as far back as like world war two, like it's classic MK ultra offshoot programs. And that's what happens to you. So just letting you know, um, it's, you might not ever believe me because they do a really good job and maybe you'll just bury it for like a, well over a decade. Like I did. I mean, I don't know, do what you need to do, but it wasn't your fault. So anyways, um, so we got to watch for that shit. So same thing with the cops, 
just keep that in mind with doctors. I mean, obviously if you're having problems and you need help, like don't lie about like this hurts, like, no, tell them just, you know, with it, be mindful that these people are largely not going to be on your side because they're going to start getting trained into thinking that anybody who doesn't want all of the fucking vaccines 80 times a day is like some sort of enemy of the state. Like this is a, this is a, a fucking real world scenario right now. So what's the solution? I also want to touch on the other half of that, which is also in the solution because the solution is not nobody ever go to a doctor or hospital or get help for any medical issue ever again. That's not realistic. And a lot of people also have chronic health conditions that they're as far as we know, like some of them can totally, like I said, some things can be cured with diet changes and lifestyle changes and mindset changes. Um, the only thing with that is when somebody is in such a debilitated state mentally and physically, and they don't have adequate support to lead them in that direction and to help them completely revolutionize their life because that is what it takes. Uh, good luck in, in that ever in even that happening. I mean, like have a little bit of compassion for other fucking people. Like if you don't know what it's like to be so fucked up, like poisoned mentally and physically, you can't think clearly. So like, how are they going to be like, I know I'll just wake up and do everything different and map it out and do it all on my own. And fuck the fact that I'm surrounded by abusive relationships and really fucked up people. Like, that's a whole nother topic. Like humans are not that fucking simple, bro. Like there, there's a lot of shit you got to wade through. So people need adequate support in order to do that. That's where I'm like, okay, so like, obviously our medical system is trash for the most part, right? Like it works well in emergencies like surgeries or, you know, broken bones, like trauma, whatever bullet wounds. Um, but like other stuff. Mm. So, uh, so what are we going to do instead? What, what the fuck are people supposed to do that are like on medications that are keeping them alive? Uh, I can't answer that because I don't know what everybody's shit is. And I also don't have those answers. Like you, you got to figure that out. But, um, when it comes to mental health, like we've got to have fucking systems in place to where people can get adequate support. Now I'm going to use another real world example. So like I mentioned, I used to be a full time, all day, every day, drug addict, alcoholic, criminal, hundred percent for years of my life like hopeless, like nobody thought I was ever going to get better. Like I didn't think I was going to fucking live to see my twenties. Um, I didn't care either. Like I was just so fucking gone. I mean, you could look in my eyes, like there's not many pictures of me from that time frame, but like I have found a few and it, it's like, like my eyes naturally are blue. They just look like giant black, empty, lifeless holes. Like there's no color in my eyes at all. It's, it's fucking creepy. So I was pretty far gone, but I did get sober and I have stayed sober for 13 fucking years. No return to alcohol, no return to heroin, no return to opiates of any fucking kind, no return to any kind of fucking street drugs. None of that shit. None of that shit. Like none of it, dude. I used to smoke so much fucking weed too. Like I was smoking like a quarter ounce a fucking day. 
I haven't even smoked any weed. Nothing. Nothing. I have smoked cigarettes, okay? And yes, nicotine is a drug. Um, but you know, you understand what I'm saying now. Like I was a full-time fucking drug addict and alcoholic. I have had no fucking drugs, no alcohol. Um, yes, I fucking had a stint with psychiatry where I was prescribed psych meds. Yes. Those are drugs. Were they taken with the intent of getting high and escaping reality? No. Do they get you high? No. Do they ruin your fucking life anyway? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so some people might say, oh, well you had that. And so you must not be sober to which I would respond, uh, go fuck yourself and we'll agree to disagree. Cause if you want to, you know, split hairs like that, um, then we could sit here and say anybody who's drank coffee or had sugar or a cigarette or, uh, fucking an energy drink or, you know, fucking anything like that nighttime tea. Like, I don't know, like, you know, they got those fucking herbs in them that relax you and shit like kava, valerian root, whatever you could fucking split hairs and be like, all right, well then none of y'all are fucking sober. Like, do you, have you had espresso in the last 10 years? Oh, looks like you're not sober. So, you know, fuck you. Um, so we need something in place to help people. And my real world example is, is getting sober because I did not get sober on my own. Did I make the decision on my own? Yes. But getting sober and staying sober are two completely different fucking things, which is why you see people in and out, in and out, relapsing and sober on the wagon, off the wagon until they're fucking dead. Because staying sober is a thousand times harder than getting sober. I do not say that to discourage anyone from doing it. It's not that it's harder. It's harder in a different way. So getting sober is like a fucking nightmare. Staying sober is not that type of nightmare. It's just a different ball game. There are ways to do it to make it so it don't have to be that fucking hard. But if you don't have those systems in place and you think the whole game is just about getting sober, you're fucked. So it's really important that people understand there's a difference. And here's the fucking magic ingredient. Okay. It's connection. Some people have different stories, but my story is that I got sober in a community of other recovering alcoholics and addicts. And since we all had that camaraderie, we had a place where we could fellowship. We had a place where we could kind of take off the, take off the mask and like be ourselves and be like, yo, this is the shit I got going through my fucking head right now. Like the majority of society is going to think that we're all crazy, but we can at least come together and, you know, have these honest dialogues. And if we're having cravings or whatever, or we're struggling, we can come in here and speak the truth, the raw ass truth, male or female. I've seen both break down and cry fucking dead ass, no judgments. That is what keeps you fucking sober because you formulate authentic community, authentic, meaningful, fulfilling connections. And that is what you will fall back on when you find yourself in those patches where you are too weak to stand on your own. I don't give a fuck who you are. Every human brain has a reward center that releases dopamine when you are around and connecting with other people. That's for a reason. It's a reward center to encourage that behavior in your fucking brain because human survivability up until this artificial reality, but I would still argue it's really relevant, connection, having a community, having a tribe is 
completely non-negotiable if long-term survival is your goal. Like you absolutely have to have that. You have to have those connections with other human beings because we're all out here doing life together. Nobody is built from a biological standpoint to fucking do this shit on their own. Nobody is, dude. And like, I know that there's all kinds of like dumb fucks out there that have platforms and shit that are like, no, it's just me all the time, alone, always, always just me by myself. I don't care. I don't fucking depend on nobody. I'm so tough. It's like, oh, really, bitch? Um, who's at home taking care of your kids? Um, who's producing the show that you're talking all this shit on? Um, who's like half the time telling you what to say? Who's helping you like manage this, that, and the third? Who's doing your books? Uh, who's booking your guests? Um, who's, who's running your sound? Who's fucking managing your social media? Like it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Like people are like, nah, it's just me all. And then then you find out they got a team of like fucking 50 people plus family. And like usually a wife or a girlfriend that's like doing all the other fucking shit for them that, you know, whatever, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, um, so, so that shit is, is bullshit. I mean, are there times in your life where you have to completely go it alone? Yes. I, you know, I've lived through that. I'm sure like probably most of the people listening have also lived through that. Um, but it's not ideal and it can leave a fucking dent and I've seen it take people out. What I'm, so another thing back to the recovery piece is one thing that we all know very well in recovery is the the most dangerous place for an addict or an alcoholic to be is in isolation. Um, That there is a difference between isolation and isolating behaviors versus like, I'm taking time to sit with myself and my emotions and process them and not run from them and meditate and da da da. Those are two very different things. So please don't get that confused. I am not talking about the healthier one. I'm talking about the unhealthy one, the isolation shit, like shutting the whole world off, not having authentic relationships, not getting out of bed, not leaving the house, not do, you know, all that shit, just cutting yourself off from everything for whatever reason, but it does happen. And usually when that happens is when you see people go back out because they're not getting that dopamine that they need from participating in life, from being fulfilled with having a place among a community and a a service that you provide some usefulness, uh, service work. Again, like I mentioned, authentic, meaningful connections with other people that like actually do wish the best for you. And they're not some fucking hating ass bitches or like scamming motherfuckers or abusive, you know, people, but actually good people. If you're not getting that sense of community and belonging in the real world, you will seek that shit out synthetically. And that often gets people fucking killed. You can seek it out in street drugs. You could go to a shrink. And again, I'm careful here because I realize there are mental conditions that this does not apply to, but a lot of them are, a lot of them are. And people are just getting medicated for shit to where it's like, that's not going to fix the fucking problem. And what's going to happen is that med's going to work for you for a little bit if you're lucky. And then you're going to build a tolerance and you're going to have to be taking more and more and more. And then the side effects are going to come fucking rolling out. And then that's going to cause a bunch of health problems. And then you're all of a sudden you're, you know, in this whole web of like, what the fuck? And you're on like five different fucking drugs. 
and uh, nobody wants to be in that position. Um, and again, I am not saying that is the case for everybody. There are genuinely like horrific places you can be with mental illness where, you know, you do need to have some sort of medical intervention or help, even if it's just acutely until you can make the necessary changes. But those situations are very real. I am not discounting that. I have experienced them and I have seen them. So if you are one of those people, just know that when I'm talking about like lifestyle changes and like how disconnected society is, please don't think that there's like something so fucking wrong with you and like you're at fault. Like don't don't because all that does is just make whatever you're going through worse like shame is in some situations it's necessary like if you're an abusive fucking narcissist but you know lucky for them one of the key traits of narcissists is they are incapable of feeling remorse so seems like the only people that could benefit from a healthy dose of shame are the ones that can't feel it uh so so don't do that to yourself um But yeah, we live in a very unnatural world. And so for addicts, like we know, like the isolation piece is like a big fucking no-no. Like don't do that shit. Um, And I've seen it kill people. I I mean, they can go back to drugs and alcohol. They can overdose and die. Um, You can wind up on the psych med train. Uh, you could also resort to other behaviors like sleeping around a bunch. Uh, maybe you knock a bunch of people up or you get knocked up or you catch an STD or maybe you blow all your money on gambling or shopping, or maybe you channel it with violence or maybe you channel it with self-harm. Like there's uh, so many ways that people can, you know, chase these synthetic sensations and I think that we need to talk about it because we have to recognize that it that is a real world human vulnerability it really is so like if we're talking about like building a new world outside of the simulation outside the matrix outside of the great reset we can't leave the fucking aspect of human authentic connection and mental health out of the conversation Or we're just fucking, all we're doing is setting ourselves up for fucking failure. And you wonder why like something like 90% of intentional communities fucking fail because people don't fucking know how to socialize anymore. We don't have conflict resolution skills. People's egos are bigger than fucking anything. It's, it's nuts. It's fucking nuts. So like, that's why this needs to get talked about. Yes, we're trying to duck and dodge these motherfuckers that want to drug us for wrong think. But in order to do that, we have to be able to come together, work together, not be dividing ourselves like it's a fucking Olympic sport because we seem to be real good at that. Because here's the deal. We can find differences among ourselves like fucking better than anything I've ever seen. It's like this unbelievable talent. People even monetize off of it. But to the people that want you dead, we are all the same. And they stand there and laugh when they watch the fucking peasantry basically do their job for them. We're just out here killing ourselves, making ourselves fucking miserable. We're doing their job for them. Like you have, we're making this easy for them when we can't unite, when we can't love, when we can't connect, when we can't plan ahead, when we can't delay gratification, when we can't fucking build that resilience, when we can't form communities, 
when we can't, you know, compromise and, 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 you know, set trivial bullshit aside and also like learn to recognize who the real fucking enemy is, dude. If you're a regular fucking person who's not part of the fucking cabal, you're, I don't give a fuck what race or nationality or religion or gender you are, bitch, you're on the same fucking team, whether you like it or not. You are because you're ultimately still the carbon that they want to reduce. Okay. I don't give a fuck what your pronouns or labels or identities are. You are still in the fucking execution pile. So you might want to start fucking waking up a little bit. If you needed a wake up call to like open up to people and maybe start putting in some effort to forming authentic relationships and maintaining them and not being like this navel gazing fucking narcissist. Uh, that reminder's right now. Here's your signal. Go ahead. We all need to do it. We all need to do it. I need to do it. I have to check myself all the time. You know how easy it is for me to get wrapped up in my own fucking life and all the things I have to do and my little goals and, well, not little goals, but I shouldn't say it like that. But you know what I mean? Like my goals, my plans, my ambitions, my life, da, 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 da. Life moves very fast. You know how easy it is for me to be like, oh my God, fucking that one person texted me and it's been a month and I haven't wrote, written back. Like I'll go through my messages because I'll see my text and it's like 76 unread messages and I'm like, fuck. And I go through and I'm like, oh, holy shit, dude. Like I just, what? Like it's like, like that's alarming. Like what I'm that busy to where I just, I take a month to get back to somebody at the fuck. And it's not just a random person either. It's a friend. It's like, Jesus. So I have to check myself and, and, and be like, you know, am I being a good friend? Am I uh, tending to my relationships? Am I feeding those relationships or am I letting them die because all I'm focused on is me? I dude, I have to do that all the time, all the time. So don't take this as me being on like a soapbox and just calling everybody a narcissist. No, we all have narcissistic tendencies. That doesn't make you a narcissist. There, there's a fuck, there is a fucking difference, but we, the, the individualism in this culture has gone way too far. It went from like, yeah, we're not a bunch of fucking commies, right? Well, some of us want to be, but you know, we value the individualism. We value not being a statist fucking bootlicker. I'll put it to you that way. So that's all great. That's, that's totally fucking wonderful. But when we surpass the ability to have even any interdependence in this society, and it's just literally this wormhole of hedonism and self-obsession and everyone's in their own little fucking Truman show and just staring at to, in their fucking little led light phone that's tracking everything and recording everything when it's gotten that far and we can't even make eye contact with strangers on the fucking street or if someone does look at us we're like what the fuck is that person looking at like that's like the immediate reaction we've got a problem so this does need to be discussed i don't give a fuck how tough anybody is who's listening and i don't want to talk about mental health well then don't listen but like if you consider yourself a survivalist or, or, or a prepper or someone into preparedness or a community builder or a freedom fighter, but you can't fucking maintain a human relationship, you better, you're putting the cart before the fucking horse, bro. And you better fucking slow down and just tally up, take some fucking, take some stock. Cause I just identified yet another threat 
right here. Force medications for wrong thing. Okay, we can dodge that, but that's going to require two things. One, us coming together and working together and forming our own resilient communities that can be resistant because we don't know what these fucking people are going to fucking do later down the line. Like, yeah, we could all leave the cities and form, you know, intentional communities and shit, but uh, need I remind you things like Waco? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, any situation I've ever heard of that where people were really doing it, I mean, the feds, like, showed up and fucking massacred all of them. So I'm not saying that's going to happen or we shouldn't try. I'm just saying, like, we really got to have our shit together and be able to think like put aside the petty bullshit and the things people love to argue about because of clickbait and start thinking, like be able to know how to triage what's bullshit and what's actually worth your fucking time. What's bullshit and what's an actual existential threat. Learn how to fucking like really see into the future while being present. You got to be able to have both of those skills. These people that we're up against, they have those skills And the number one thing they're counting on, again, see silent weapons for quiet wars. They admit it. The number one thing they're counting on is us never being able to work together, to collaborate, to get along, to, and therefore there's no resistance. How could there be a resistance if we're always thinking the other one's the enemy? Always. Like even in this story right here with the, and I, I'm even guilty of it in this podcast, talking about forced medications for wrong think. I even mentioned, oh yeah, the branch COVIDians are going to fucking love this shit. It's like, boom. Well, yes, they will. But is that helpful? No, actually it's not. Because the branch COVIDians were brainwashed to be fucking lunatics like that through the media because they were told they were scared out of their fucking minds. They were told to stay in their house and not leave. And then they got blasted with fucking you know, some Operation Mockingbird perfected 2.0 fuck shit for like two years straight. And you wonder why they came out a little whacked. That's probably part of it. Hello. And then we have like the social media shit. And then just just the sorcery is fucking unreal. Um, Brought to you by AI. So anyways, um, more on the solutions. (laughs) Um, So we'd absolutely, because other cultures have this shit. We absolutely need um, cultural systems put in place for how to deal with mental illness, uh, for trauma. Uh, we do need that. We, we, we should want to invest in each other, dude, especially the people that have kids. What kind of a world are we leaving for them? You think your kid's going to give a fuck? Oh, my dad or my mom had a really cool uh, podcast and they were super independent. Uh, but now... I'm living in the dark ages and eating cricket powder. It's like, thanks mom and dad. You know, like we have to be able to do more than that. The last thing that I will say as far, cause I think that the solution really is we really got to actually start forming authentic communities. None of this backbiting shit. None of this what's in it for me shit. None of this, how much money can I make off this bitch shit? Like bro, part of me sometimes wants to just get on this mic and start calling people out by name. Be like, there are going to be some, some foul ass fucking players. And that's part of being human. When you open yourself up to relationships, you will get burned at some point and it's probably going to happen a lot, but what's your alternative there? Your alternative is being a fucking slave and having this agenda steamroll you. You're going to have to wade through the fucking idiots and the narcs and the fucking 
wolf ticket selling ass piece of shit motherfuckers. You're going to have to wade through that and develop some discernment skills. Um, and also make sure your shit's together too. Don't be like running around here thinking like people owe you something, but you're, you're going to have to wade through some fuckery to get to the gold, but don't think it's not out there because it fucking is. So the last thing, one of the last things that I'm going to fucking say about this shit right here. So yeah, like I said, the one thing that these people are counting on with surety is that we will not be able to pull any of this off because of how divided we are, how distracted we are, how reactive we are, how hedonistic and selfish we are. So we will reap what we sow and not taking action is also an action. You do not want to reap the consequences of that shit. So it's time for us to come together and start having conversations as if we were the same human family, because we are, as if we were all on the same side, believe it or not, bitch, we are, because we might divide ourselves again like it was a motherfucking Olympic sport. But to these people, we're all the same. We are, as they refer to us as, the useless eaters, the peasants, the cattle, the list fucking goes on. There's no difference amongst us in their eyes. But... I would challenge that. Are we really? We get to decide who and what the fuck we are every day. So what are we? Are we divine dope-ass beings of light? Are we microdose expressions of the motherfucking divine? Are we gods with amnesia now waking up from a spell and realizing that the same spirit that breathes life and love into this universe lives within all of us and we are all just unique expressions of that same energy or are we cattle like the cabal likes to say the choice actually is ours we actually do get to choose freedom or bondage we've all been conditioned to think that we are powerless but we're not these people will have their day of justice and it'll likely be street justice since they own the courts but until then we got to get our shit together and we have to unite We have to start planning, we have to shed our egos, and we have to start fostering connections and resilience, or there can be no resistance. And a lot of that is going to start with giving a flying fuck about your fellow human, investing in each other, invest in each other's physical and mental and spiritual well-being And if there's a problem that someone has that you can't solve, that's fine. At least do your best by just don't make it worse because uh, a lot of shit's coming down the line, folks. And I'm telling you right now, you do not want to be MK Ultra for wrong think. You do not want to be losing access to your ability to spend your money or buy food or live or use your thermostat because of a fucking you know, opinion that you publicized, you know, social credit scores, they're already here. It's, I mean, it's literally, it happened in Canada. Do you not remember that shit? Like they all got their fucking bank accounts and assets frozen. The people that were in the trucker convoy and the people that just donated that weren't even involved. They all got fucked. That's happening in Brazil right now. Literally right now. There's millions of people protesting. This is day 26. And guess what? Social services coming after their kids and their assets are getting fucking frozen. 
what, for protesting a fucking fraudulent stolen election in Brazil that was blatantly fucking fraud? Really? So now they're just going to come and uh, make it so you starve and they take your kids? Yeah, that's ground for uh, taking you the fuck out. I don't give a fuck what uniform you wear. Holy shit. So God bless Brazil, all eyes on Brazil. At the same time, focus on what the fuck's going around. Um, and also individuals. Like, I don't give a fuck what you think about Alex Jones or Kanye West, dude. Like, both of them have had their fucking assets frozen and their money frozen and all kinds of shit for fucking stuff that they've publicized on the internet. Meanwhile, the Taliban is verified on Twitter and a bunch of other fucking war criminals are on there too. So like, and like, they're fine. I've even, I even heard the Taliban complaining about censorship. I'm like, holy fucking shit. So, you know, uh, this really has nothing to do with safety. Please stop fucking thinking that this is 100% about control, population reduction. Um, again, control, this is about a slave race and a master race. This is literally like Nazi shit, like just the new wave. Don't think that we didn't take pages out of that book. We actually took Nazis out of that country. <laughs> so see Operation Paperclip for further notes. Um, and no, I'm not linking that because just fucking just look it up. It's very well known. Um but yeah, like people that had went to went on to head the FDA and NASA or are like fucking Nazis, dead ass, dead ass. That's how they got away from, you know, the death penalty at the Nuremberg trials is it's like, well, you can get executed for the horrific things you've done or you can just come work for the U.S. government. So anyways. All right. That's enough. I'm going to leave you with one little audio clip and I'm out. stand up to us then they all might stand up those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one and if they ever figure that out there goes our way of life it's not about food it's about keeping those ants in line <laughs>